Legends of the Epic Table, I just want to say it has been an incredible 2021 together and it's all thanks to you. The team of the Epic Table has grown because the community has grown and your continued support has led us to get on some of the most amazing guests to talk about their respective expertise or just experiences and that's all because of you. So thank you once again for everything you guys always do, leaving your reviews, obviously subscribing, telling your friends about the show. Um, I've just had so many DMs talk to me about the impact of it. So and every every year Marvel in just how blessed I am. And so I just want to say thank you so much. The episode we have today is an awesome recap on the year that was so we're gonna kick things off with january and we had dr will call on once again he's been on a few times and it was all around intuitive fasting now intermittent fasting has been very topical dr cole's been on a couple times and this time we're talking about his most latest book uh, intuitive fasting and so it's a really good kind of like starting point given that every year i always talk about the first monday to friday of every month we uh, we fast and people were very interested in what is fasting how do we do it how do we practice it what's the best way to actually apply it to our lives so in this episode we talk about how does it actually affect uh, performance can you actually still work out whilst fasting is this something that we can be you know routinely into our lives daily as opposed to uh, you know periodically all these things and more and we'll obviously talk about the benefits as well so take it away dr will cole the more metabolically flexible somebody is, that improves athletic performance. So there are many ways to improve metabolic flexibility. Fasting is one of them. But I would say the other side of the coin should be looked at too. How is physical performance enhancing the fast? Um, because I think that that's an interesting thing that has been probably explored more than the other way around, that the fasted workouts can be a great way to amplify things like lipolysis or fat burning, enhance something, uh, increasing human growth hormone naturally. Uh, a lot of really cool things you can do with a fasted workout. And there's a time and place for non-fasted workouts too. But I definitely talk more in the book about how fasted workouts can really enhance the fast for some people. Um, but conversely, I, without a doubt, if somebody is more metabolically flexible, which the time restricted feeding or the intermittent fasting is enhancing this metabolic flexibility, they're going to have more stamina. They're going to have more to give, uh, in the workouts. What a legend he is. All right. So moving on to February, we have Team Shirzai and, you guys know how much I love these this team. They're amazing. Most beautiful people just to listen and talk to. You can hear the passion in their voice. And we are here to talk about Alzheimer's disease and obviously prevention, right? That's what they're all about. Their research is it stand alone in, in this space. It's incredible. So what we do with Aisha and Dean is we really talk about the clinical studies of Alzheimer's at Loma Linda University, the medical center. That's where they you know, do a lot of their work. Um, and what we do is we dive into the actual concept of what Alzheimer's disease is, what's causing it, what are these, uh, you know, two tangles and uh, amyloid. Yeah, I won't go into it too much because it's their space. But essentially, you learn about we learn about Alzheimer's disease. We talk about what the inflammatory responses that are leading to it and how we can actually prevent it rather than cure because it is something we have to really get dialed into. Unfortunately, a lot of people, it's too late <clears throat> before we actually uh, can start curing it. So prevention, better than cure. So take it away, Team Shirzai. If you're experiencing changes in your focus levels that are disproportionate to, let's say, five years ago or 10 years ago, that's not just a focus thing. 
that could be predicting, presaging something ominous to happen. So that's not, that's not a sad news. It means that we can, this is the time to make the change. And, and that's the beauty of all this. It's empowering to know at any age, you can, you know, make the change necessary to give you focus, more memory, more capacity to process and happier, more joyous lives. And I think we all need to speak about brain health more often because it's not just trying to protect an organ. Our brain is us. It's our experiences, our memories, our personality, the, the joys that we experience with people we love, the, the, the different projects that we want to take on as we grow older, our capacity to withstand um, something difficult and something sad and something unusual. March team, we had Dr. Willie B. And this time I flew down to Charleston and I wanted to catch up with my man, Dr. Willie B. He's just an incredible, like he's just an incredible soul. He's got an amazing energy and he's, as you guys know, one of the most popular episodes ever to be on this podcast in, uh, you know, in the release of his book, Fiber Fueled. And in this episode, round two on gut health, we are just diving into just number two or points two on the gut as well. So we recap, obviously, a lot of the stuff we talked about in episode one, along with pull up the point of histamines. So we talk a lot about the good versus the bad bacteria, how we can continue to build our army of good warriors. And then we touch on this concept of histamines and it's uh, really important. So I'm really excited. I got to do this in person with Dr. B. We got to cook. We got to have some fun too. So... Take it away, Dr. B, my man, because your knowledge is legendary. Well, histamine is a molecule Mm -hmm. that is produced from histidine. All right, they're a little bit different. So histidine, H-I-S-T-I-D-I-N-E, is an amino acid. Okay. It's one of the 20 amino acids that builds protein, right? Foods contain histidine. And there is an enzymatic reaction that that can be done on histidine to turn it into histamine, all right? Histamine, H-I-S-T-A-M-I-N-E. Histamine is what we're talking about here today. And the way that you get there is with microbes. Microbes, whether they are in your gut or microbes that are a part of your food before it ever touches your lips, those microbes have the ability to make the transformation to do the enzymatic reaction from the precursor amino acid into the active compound, which is histamine. And so now histamine itself does not cause damage to the gut. Because again, bear in mind, this is a normal part of human physiology. What the problem that we run into is when there's an excess of histamine in the body. And the way that the gut is relevant to this is that if you have a damaged gut, it's a lot easier for histamine to go from inside your intestine to into your bloodstream, which is the conversion that needs to take place in order for it to spread throughout the body and have these negative consequences. So when you have a damaged gut, when you have underlying dysbiosis, you are impaired and more vulnerable to developing histamine intolerance. So the solution is clearly to heal the gut. Because if you can heal the gut, 
Oh, that man is just unbelievable. Honestly, can hang out with him all day. Unfortunately, we had to move into April. So uh, Dr. B and I got to hang out later in the year. But uh, in April, team, we had Nick Bear on. And Nick, if you don't know Nick, he's got his own podcast. He's got his own supplement company. He's got an incredible YouTube following. And he is someone who has an incredible story, former army ranger um, who was creating content whilst you know he was actually away on deployment. And in this story, we learn how he's built his business. But more so, he talks a lot about uh, eating disorders. He actually, like, you know, is a very masculine man and, you know, he's so honest and shows his vulnerability and whatnot. But I just love how he was open about that because a, a lot of guys, to be honest, not just lovely ladies, but a lot of guys do have tendencies to have trigger points that can lead to eating disorders. So he brought up that as well. And one of the biggest points I took away from this episode was, the moment that Nick started eating for performance as opposed to aesthetics, it was a game changer in his life. So I'm looking forward to getting your thoughts on this episode too. And Nick is an absolute legend. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'm looking forward to actually going down to Austin in January to run a marathon on behalf of the uh, Bear Performance team. I can focus on such bigger things, more important things, and enjoy those things when I'm not focused on the numbers of the food that I'm consuming. They, when I'm tracking so specifically and I'm worried about that, that is bandwidth in my mind that I can't focus on like my business goals. I can't focus on the actual training. I can't focus on relationships and friends. Like I can't think of anything else because the bandwidth that it requires is so exhausting. Like the reason I don't want to track stuff anymore, main reason, it's exhausting. Yeah. It is physically and mentally exhausting. Mm. And I feel so much better focusing on like quality meat sources and vegetables and fruits and carbohydrates rather than like, did I hit my, my macros for the day? Yeah. It feels so much better, not just physically, but mentally. You gotta love that accent. Nick, you're a legend, bro. In, uh, in further on guys, we, we actually, in May, we had Harpreet Ryan. He's the, uh, he's the CEO of Aura Ring. Now, if you guys know me very well as you do, I've loved every form of gadget, wearable technology that's helped us improve our sleep, understandings, performance, ultimately. So I had uh, Harpreet Ryan, and it was really cool to understand the gadgets themselves, like the wearables, the tent, like the, the way that we calibrate things, the gold standard. So in this episode, we break down not just Aura Ring, but how we can look ourselves at the gold standards of uh, analyzing data to help improve our sleep and ultimately improve our performance. I wasn't making gains in the gym for like the mm-hmm. next few weeks. And that's actually when I started learning a lot more about sleep because I was like, I started reading, oh, well, your testosterone level, you know, your, your muscle hormones, your growth hormone, like all your muscle repairs happening in your sleep. And I just, you know, you go deep on the interwebs and podcasts. And so this, that was probably like 2010, 2011, um, maybe 2012. And I started actually then adding to my spreadsheet sleep. And I started to realize like, holy cow, the days that I'm sleeping seven, eight hours, I actually hit that next rep in my workout the next morning. Um, and that's like when it started to click for me. And then, you know, it was a pain to do all that. And then I started using the Aura Ring, um, you know, when it came out 2015, early 16. And what was so cool to me there, I was like, oh, I can see my heart rate, heart rate variability. Now I can even look at that along with my sleep. I don't have to keep entering it in a spreadsheet or even deep sleep. And I started noticing even more like, oh, it takes me a couple of days to recover from that hard compound lift workout. If I you know, get my resting heart rate down, my heart rate variability up and have good sleep, you know, then, you know, now I'm ready to hit it harder in the gym the next day. And I was able to make gains. 
What a knowledgeable guy. Really cool story too. In June team, we had Angie Ashi on and she's like the closest thing I've been fortunate to actually hang out with to me and my philosophies. And there's a lot of similarities I have in the industry with other chefs or, you know, strength conditioning coaches or performance, director of performance and nutrition. But she's the one who's like probably combined the two so much that I can be like, whoa, this is awesome. So it was really cool to have Angie on. Uh, she's an incredible soul. And I just see a lot of us hanging out together in the future, to be honest. So in this place, we, uh, we obviously talk about how to fuel your body, uh, cook to eat to peak performance so obviously that's a true one as well and like the importance of fueling your body correctly a lot of one of the biggest topics we talk about here is how often and it's too often we see people under nourish themselves they under feed so like obviously a lot of athletes to date and not even non-athletes they just don't eat enough and a lot of that's to do with the fact that they're concerned about their aesthetic performance as opposed to uh, sorry their aesthetic performance as opposed to their physical performance on the field so and that can be the same in um in professional space as well so excited to get little snippets from this one too if you're an athlete and you're training two three four hours a day and you're only trying to eat as much as your basal metabolic rate you're going to be in a huge calorie deficit and there's no way that you're going to be able to let alone meet your needs, but also make potential muscle growth or um, or improvements to your muscular endurance, muscular strength. You're not going to really, you're not really going to see any improvements as far as as far your as your performance goes if you're only meeting just your basal metabolic needs. So, I do try to educate on metabolic rate, educate on the risk factors of underfueling, which is also often referred to as red S. It's relative energy deficiency in sport. So looking for some of the the signs and symptoms, um, if maybe they've had that impaired muscle strength and growth for a while, they've had that decreased training response, um, the um, amenorrhea that we talked about with female athletes, it can also be irritability, depression, increased injury risk. There are so many factors that, that play a role there. Yeah, she's lovely. Love Angie. Team, in July, we had probably one of the most memorable ones I've had to date. We had my very good friend, uh, Camilla Basley, on the podcast, guys. And if you guys have listened to this episode, you'll understand why. Because for those who don't know, Camilla is honestly one of my closest friends. And she's honestly one of the most sweetest individuals you'll ever meet. But when I say sweet, she's also very driven and incredible at her, you know, her profession. But through her uh, previous, um, you know, dealings as a, as a, she was working her way up to be a swimmer athlete, she really fell into a hole uh, of an eating disorder. And you wouldn't know it. Like, you look at her right now, you wouldn't know it. But, and I mean, I think I say this in the episode, there could be no better person as an ambassador for getting through an eating disorder than Camilla. Coach is someone who just absolutely exemplifies how you can overcome things and everything can be amazing, if not better. So she's been in a dark place and right now you wouldn't even know it, right? So her, her story is truly inspiring. I recommend anybody who's you know, closely related to an eating disorder or has a friend who's giving you trigger points to listen to this episode because how she's, you know, support herself after is incredible. And coach, you just, you know how much you mean to us and the team. So thank you for sharing your vulnerability. It takes one to know one. And I know that now. And uh, a few people that I was close to that had gone through eating disorders, obviously, you know, pulled me aside to and asked the Camilla, I just want to make sure you're okay. 
And when someone asks you that and you know that you're not, that your first automatic response is defense. And I was like, yes, I'm fine. I'm training. Like I'm running. I'm I'm doing a half marathon in a few weeks. I'm just running a lot. And I knew that that was endurance sport could cover up my big dirty secret of being in such a hole. But I was just addicted to that routine. I was so addicted to that routine. And the thought of not having that made my skin crawl. So I kept getting through that, but I, everything kept going. My routine stayed the same. Everything in my life was the same. Work, 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 run, run, run. And then it was like, wake up, run, work, eat, sleep, like that situation. And I got to the point where it was becoming so visibly noticeable. Like I even didn't like the way I looked. I, at this point, really lost 15 kilos and I did not have 15 kilos to lose. Um, And I had severe anxiety. I couldn't do anything socially. I couldn't go to breakfast with friends. I would make up excuses in the morning that I had to take clients or classes on a Saturday or Sunday so I could avoid social situations so that I didn't have to eat in public or break my fast because I knew that I I didn't want to eat before, you know, 16 hours was up. And I was tracking everything I ate as well. I had my fitness pal and I got such severe anxiety if I didn't track it. Legends. I really just, it gives me chills that one. So um, stoked, stoked that you guys have the opportunity to listen to that. It's pretty pretty rare you have someone so open. Team, in August, we had a lot of legends. We had Hellas Adibay on, you know, Kurt Seidensteaker from Vital. We had Simon Hill. We had Rich. Now, between Simon and Rich, they're just incredible podcasts. I had such a good time listening to them. Rich himself, you know, having him in my studio is someone I've looked up to for a very long time is incredible in itself. So, you know, he's been a very big supporter network and listening to his story and his direction in life is definitely something I recommend. And having Simon Hill on too to talk further about the plant-based diet as he released his book, The Proof is in the Plants, which to date is one of the best books I've ever read next to Fiber Fueled. So um, I definitely recommend that. So here's a couple snippets from those episodes too. Rip was my first lighthouse and I reached out to him and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try this plant-based thing. And he's like, go for it. And he was like, kind of, you know, he gave me the confidence and the encouragement to give it a go. And I did it to like check the box and say, um, this is for the birds, man. It's too restrictive. <laughs> but within about seven to 10 days of, of making that switch, I felt like I did on that last day of that, that juice cleanse. I felt unbelievable. And I thought this is agreeing with me. I didn't expect it to, but there's something going on here and I'm just going to follow this thread. And that was almost, that was 14, over 14 years ago at this point. It's just a constant state of, uh, you said euphoria. It's like this autophagy relationship with your hormones must have been pretty impressive. Like, Yeah. And it's, you know, I've always tried to be non-dogmatic about it and made this promise to myself that if suddenly it wasn't agreeing with me that I, that I would go back or I would revisit this. But I just haven't had that experience. Like I've really thrived on this diet. Yeah, well, ex- exactly. So when we're talking about eating more plant protein, we're talking about increasing the plants in the diet. Uh, mm. You know, and I want to be I want to be careful as well. I guess uh, my position in the book is not about uh, needing to adopt a completely plant exclusive diet to be healthy. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, not. You make it's very, you make that uh, very clear. You know, I, I think that animal protein can 
be part of a healthy diet. It can be, but compared to the way we're currently eating, if we want to shift towards a more healthier dietary pattern, then then nudging towards more plant protein and de-emphasizing animal protein and de-emphasizing ultra-processed foods is going to be uh, what's going to help us get there. Epic. Just unbelievably epic. If you ever someone needs, like, needs to have a little understand to eat more plants, they're two people that uh, do not actually they could do more preaching but they don't <laughs> so they're fantastic at that team in september we had adam clink now adam's the uh you know he's head of partnerships at <laughs> nick bear's unbelievable company bpn but he's also a hybrid athlete someone who's been in the crossfit area he's been in team environment and learning about how his path got him into this space of you know being in the partnership space being on the both sides of the coin i think what i loved about this episode is it relates to a lot of us in our path to where we are today is shaped by a lot of things that you would not perceive initially as a platform uh, and he's taken that platform unbeknown at the time and realized it's actually a great use of skills so really excited to get like a couple of key touch points from this one and adam's an absolute legend by the way like just having good people on this podcast you know the rule just be a good person be a good human and have good people around you that's how it is and so the story i got from nick was he he didn't know where he was going to put me but he knew he needed me on the team um and i think i attribute that to my eight years prior just learning how to talk to people and build relationships and be personable and almost be like a chameleon where I could talk and relate to, to almost every, anybody and everybody. Um, and so this position wasn't the position he started off in his mind having me. He thought he was going to bring me on as kind of a training guru, someone to put out content, workout videos, as kind of like a training informational side to BPN. Weapon, great bloke. Team, in October, we had Eric Conover on. Now, Eric is someone who I have become close with this year. Uh, it's really, really cool being in the space, getting to meet some interesting people. But when you want to say interesting, it's like put aside all the numbers you have on socials and everything, and like you really dive deep into who the pe- people are. I work out with Eric. He's a really good person. Like He's a, just an unbelievable human. And I love how he opened up about like things of focus, his mental state, his how he how he has his routines, what's important to him, his spirituality. Like, I loved how he was vulnerable. And I think in a side of the world where so many people look up to Eric, like Eric has over a million subscribers on YouTube. But like, you know, you see him for that and want to be inspired by his life. And him himself is like, he's still constantly searching. I, I think that's really cool to see. He's constantly questioning like his next step for the passion or the uh, what matters what matters most moments. So um, in this episode, you get a little dive into that and, you know, maybe a little intricate detail of what may be next for him. So if you're someone who's inspired by these people, which is as you should be, also reflect on how they themselves own the same space, still sometimes wondering, are they doing the right thing for themselves? Is there something else out there? And I, I've always been a, a huge, I still do it. I have uh, very clear visions, like crystal clear. And I do a lot of uh, kind of guided meditation that I took from swimming. Uh, and I still do it now where it's like you you essentially meditate and get to a really relaxed state. And then you visualize like whatever the goal is, what does it smell like? What's your surrounding? How bright is it? What time of day is it? What time of year is it? Uh, who's there? And you just 
Like, what does it feel like? You just visualize the crap out of it. So it becomes so clear. You just see it every day. And it's just, that's, that's it. You have your vision. So getting up at 6 a.m. to go work at the day job, man, I was working at a pool at the Gainsborough Hotel. I was a guy folding the towels up, giving, giving you the towel with a college degree from Northeastern, making like $14 an hour. Cause I wanted to be a YouTuber. How insane is that? Told you guys. Mind blowing. <laughs> In November team, we had Liz Plosser again on. She is the queen. She's amazing. I love her. She's uh, the editor in chief of Women's Health and she just is incredible for that beacon of messaging in that space we also did the one-headed crack so you need to check that out she's still got it uh and we bring up all the concept of health trends in 2022 so if you're interested to kind of get ahead on that definitely listen this episode she's released an amazing book all about your morning routine so own your morning uh i loved it it's it's really cool to bring up some space around that so you know how much morning routines are to me so definitely check that one out my biggest hope is that we take the best parts of life before the pandemic and all those silver linings that you and I were talking about during the pandemic and sort of build an after version that is like this beautiful combination of them all that yeah. makes it even better than before. 100%. Like this book stands for not what you have to be doing, but the concept of, concept of actually having to own your morning. Right? Yes. It's like have the time for you. Yes. And whatever that is, it can be five minutes, it can be meditating yeah. for like two minutes, whatever it is. Like even going through the chapters here, you've got power breakfast. Going to love that one. Yes. Sweat mate changes everything. I love that. Even stronger bonds. Ooh, what's that one? So that's about connecting with people you love in the morning. And this is not, um, I'm not going to tell you to like uh, call your mom or brother and have an hour long conversation. Wow. Though I'm sure they would love that if you did. But like send someone a text. Um, Just say, Love you, man. Thinking about you. Heart emoji. And it's not like an invitation to open up a back and forth, like let's schedule a date, though also cool if you want to do that. But you expressing that makes you feel good. And then the person receiving it, they also benefit. And like it's a chain reaction. That then spreads through the world. And team, to wrap up December, we had Robbie Ballinger on. Now, Robbie, what an athlete. Like he is someone who has become an athlete later in his stage of life when i say later stage he's only 30 something so he's like you know incredible and young and whatnot but he's done some amazing feats in the past and particularly this year he's you know he's got the record now for the most amount of laps around new york city in a given um sorry new york city's central park in a given time the central park is open uh which was you know it's open for 18 or 19 hours or something and he he almost did i think he did 98 miles or something um which is incredible um so just keep that in mind we actually did 100 but he did enough laps at the time he wouldn't have he would have had only 50 minutes left to do a full uh, remaining lap and uh team he's just what a legend he is so check out his uh his story if you didn't it was a recent one as well that's one of the beautiful things about ultra is you you know yeah it starts off it's rough you're getting your body warmed up and then you get in a groove and then you might get to a place where you're like i can't put one foot in front of the other And what's beautiful is if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, eventually, as you said, it gets easier. And I just think that that's such a good exercise for life is just perseverance and like understanding that like the arc of difficulty, it doesn't continually go up to what you're saying. Like there's a, there's a point, there's a, that it hits a peak and then it starts to get a little bit easier. And then the longer the distance is, you find that that just happens again and again, but it's same with anything in life that we want to start or, or, or we want to start doing or we want to give up. 
you're going to like, let's say you smoke cigarettes and it's just sucks. Right. The first, I assume the first couple of weeks, month are terrible, but trusting that there's a day, there's going to come a day where it gets a little bit easier can really open up our ability to do a lot more things. Thank you, Robbie B. All right. So team, thank you so much. Once again, it hasn't been an incredible year of podcasting. And all I can say is thank you to the amazing Epic Table community for your support. Like it really means so much to the show, the team. We all love seeing the comments. Like we honestly talk about the comments in our, in our meetings and seeing the interactions we all have. So it really means a lot. I continue to help you guys to control the controllable. So that's what I want you guys to continue to do. I want you to have fun this festive and holiday season. Spend time with your loved ones. Like everyone's asking me, how do I stay healthy? I'm like, this is the time you, health is all about experiences with your family. So please, I implore that. Absolutely. I've uh, I've loved being able to connect with even more of you in 2021. And I look forward to taking that to a whole new level in 2022. If you have anything to, you know, if you have any comments, feedback, continue to send through, DM me, whatever it is. The team and I always love reading them. But on behalf of the team and I, I wish you and your family a wonderful holiday season. And thank you so much again for 2021. We are pumped for 2022.